everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Connected Families podcast. I'm Stacy Bellward. Jim and Lynn are going to join me in just a minute. You know, we're new to this podcasting thing, but we're really loving it. And the response from all of you from around the world has just been incredible. So thank you. Thanks for tuning in today. You know, before I bring them in, I want to just dive into a little bit about Connected Families for those of you who aren't super familiar with us. Connected Families was founded by Jim and Lynn Jackson. They wrote the book, Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. In that book is a framework for parenting that teaches parents to communicate four messages. You are safe with me. You are loved no matter what. You are called and capable. And you are responsible for your actions. And so out of all of that came an online course called Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart. Now, don't we just love that title, Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart? It's the desire of all of us parents, isn't it? It really is. This series of the podcasts are going through those four messages. Last week, we discussed the message, you are safe with me. And so today we're going to discuss the message, you are loved no matter what. So without further ado... Let me bring in Jim and Lynn. Hi, you guys. Hey. Hi, Stacy. Welcome to the microphone again. Good to be here feeding once more off of your energy and passion for parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's good to be here. We enjoy doing this together. What a journey you've had from the days when your three kids were littles and you were oh working my. through lots of stuff, weren't you? That's kind of uh-huh. where Connected Families originated. Yeah. 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 Our oldest son affectionately refers to himself in front of others as our experimental child. The reason Connected Families exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, challenge at every turn. Your kids are healthy young adults mm-hmm. nowadays. But what are some of those strong emotions that you remember from the days when they were little? Oh, wow. Well, they could have meltdowns. Our daughter could have meltdowns. It lasted for 45 minutes over the sensory experience of brushing our teeth. Mm. Our son could dig himself in with, this is not fair, and I'm going to die on this hill. Mm. (laughs) So lots of of challenges like that. So specifically to answer the question, what do I remember feeling? I remember feeling exasperated. I remember feeling hopeless. I remember Mm. feeling despair. Mm. I remember feeling incredible joy. I remember feeling unbelievable hope and optimism. And, you know, in the middle of all of that, what we realized was is that, uh, you know, unless we got more purposeful about what we're trying to do as parents, we were just going to ride this roller coaster without cause for the rest of our parenting years. And so we really started diving into these messages as the core cause. Like, we didn't get it right. We didn't perfect our parenting because now we knew the messages we wanted to communicate to our kids. Mm-hmm. But it gave us a place to return to time and time again, either because we knew we blew it or because we could celebrate with each other. Man, you were safe today. And you expressed that message. You are loved in the middle of a really hard thing with him or her today. And uh, we kept going back to it time and time again. Yeah. I just love that all of those memories are still fresh, aren't they? As you say them, I know that there are thousands of people listening, that they're walking it right Mm -hmm. now, Mm -hmm. today. And so we're just here with you. We feel you. We know where you've been. We've been there too. And so we just like through the airwaves want to bring love and grace and compassion to you today. Well, let me start out by asking you guys this question. Think back to when your kids were little and you were working to combine your faith with your experiences. I know that you guys were leading small groups, parenting groups at your church, and you were trying to pull all of these concepts together. Tell me about how that concept, you are loved Mm -hmm. 
no matter what, really formalized in your minds. Well, candidly, we sort of stole it from a youth outreach that I was a part of. And in working with high-risk teenagers, understood that regardless of what trouble these youngsters had been in, if we didn't communicate the message, you are loved no matter what to these youngsters, when they came through the door and in spite of how they behaved, they would go away. We wouldn't see them again and we would lose our opportunity to impact their hearts. At first, we took it for granted, candidly, with our young kids. And then over time, we began to realize that our kids can run away in their hearts. They can disenfranchise from us. They can Mm -hmm. separate from us. They can disconnect from us and stay in our homes and mind us when we tell them what to do. But if we don't bring this message of unconditional love to them, and I sense this as a young dad, we can start to lose relationship with our kids, even if they're doing what we want them to do. I agree. And I think that's one of the new phenomenons kind of of this generation, particularly because of the screens that our kids have. They can just walk away from us and, you know, and we can lose that connection because of the screens they're building in other places. They have such an easy method to escape if the relationship isn't solid. And that is a new thing. Well, Lynn, a little pushback. Like, don't our kids know that they're loved? I mean, I feed them. I care for them. I provide (laughs) everything for them. I'm thinking about, you know, all the stuff of their life. So don't they know that? Well, actually not. Part of it is, you know, you're doing all these wonderful things and they are so essential and so important, but they can just believe, well, mom is a really responsible parent versus when push comes to shove and I have blown it, I feel loved. And that's not a natural thing. Think of all of us in a relationship with God and you've just like blown it big time. Do you easily think, oh, he just loves me right now. I, I think even when in my sin as I come in repentance, he's smiling on me. No, that's not how our hearts are wired and our kids are the same way. Because the impact of shame that first started in the Garden of Eden mm-hmm. has trickled down through all the generations since then to just give us this sense of defectiveness. And there's even a term for that. And it's seen in especially sensitive kids like ADHD kids or you know just those with more sensitive nervous systems. Mm-hmm. It's called rejection sensitivity dysphoria. <laughs> oh, say that again. Rejection, Rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which means I easily perceive and react to anything that makes me feel rejected. I tend to see things that way. I have a big reaction. I feel it in my gut. It's a physical sensation. And kids can easily go there. And for parents to be aware that that's an issue and that when we come at them with a big scowling face and go, this is not okay, mm-hmm. they don't think of that as, oh, I've made a mistake and disobeyed a rule. They think mom and dad doesn't like me right now. Yeah. And I think that's the question that really has helped parents understand this because we've interviewed lots and lots of parents and kids over the years. And kids might even say, yeah, my parents, yeah, I think they love me, but they don't like me very much. Or the parents mm. will say to us, I love my child, but I sure don't like them very much right yeah, now. Yeah, we've heard that. And in the midst of that, in today's culture, in the ease with which kids can escape to another affection of some sort that is not their parents who don't love them unconditionally and who don't care for them the way their parents do, they start to have the sort of feelings and attachment that make them think they're loved more there than by their parents, and they escape to those things more readily than ever. And so we use this phrase repeatedly with parents, it's not enough to keep love alive. It's important for us to think about how to keep like alive in this relationship with our kids, even through the ebb and flow of the difficulties. Interesting. So talk more about that. Keep like alive with your kids. That's about just keeping that joy in the relationship. 
a lot of it is about what you do outside of misbehavior times, but then keeping mm-hmm. that even in the back of your mind when you engage with misbehavior so that you can just sense, I still like this kiddo. Yeah. Even though I really don't like what they just did, I still like this kiddo. And we've talked to lots of parents who will say, but I just don't like them right now. Every time I deal with this child, there's difficulty, there's a challenge. And our challenge in return to these parents is, well, are there ways, instead of waiting for the trouble to happen that makes you feel disconnected, are there ways that you can find to start connecting? In the little ways, when they get out of bed, instead of doing your thing that you usually do, take a minute to pay attention to that child that's particularly difficult to connect with and find a way. Right. I know that in the online course, you talk about affection as kids can receive it, mm-hmm. a hug or a hand on the shoulder or a high five. And, and that's a significant way. But one of the other things that you say in the course is that misbehavior is the golden opportunity for true unconditional yeah. love. And the reason we say that is that it's good and it's important to love our kids when they're doing the desired stuff. But if that's the only time we love them, then they start to receive a message and believe that love is earned. I'm loved when I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. That's not God's love for us. Why would we want to communicate that to our kids? It's also good to communicate love to them for no particular reason. That's putting, you know, deposits of love into their love buckets, if you will. But if love is going to be received and believed by our kids as truly unconditional, yeah, mom and dad love me no matter what, we need to find ways to make sure they know they're loved when they're feeling at and actually acting at their worst. Mm -hmm. Because if kids believe that mistakes or misbehavior are a really big deal and they have to perform well to be loved, that impacts their whole life. It impacts their relationships with others. Like they choose friends then that they don't know if they live up to that friend. You know, they choose critical friends or a critical spouse or partner. And unloving criticism might feel normal or right. And then they, they tend to put that standard on others around them. We all have to perform well to be okay. It can even lead to workaholism or or just a a skewed sense of God, like God is chronically displeased with me, so why would I want to know him? Or I'm just on a treadmill of spiritual performance. So it really does impact all areas of life when you stop and think about, I want to launch my child with a sense of they are unconditionally loved, and my greatest opportunity for that is when they've really messed up. So it's clear, I mean, the impact of communication Communicating you are love no matter what really influences a child's whole life. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of their foundation for a secure, successful, confident life. Yeah, it creates their worldview of mm-hmm. how they enter the world and yeah. it's their filter. Yeah. So I see how that's really, really important. Well, what can we do about that? <laughs> <laughs> we love the verses in the Bible that inform us as parents in Romans chapter 8 that basically essentially say there's nothing you can do to escape God's love. Mm-hmm. No height, no depth, no behavior, no performance, no success. None of it really has anything to do with God's love chasing us down. And there's songs about this, you know, that we mm-hmm. sing, and then do we really believe them? And then can we sort of be a presence for our kids that helps them to believe it or not? So we did this little thing, actually, with Romans chapter 8. We took some liberty to specify that to the relationship between parents and kids, believing that parents are a representation, imperfect as it might be, a representation of God's love for our kids. And it says, I'm convinced that neither arguing or defiance or sibling conflict or disrespect or bad grades or failure or any list of all the different misbehaviors that we experience as parents can separate you from my love or from God's amazing love for you. And it's actually one of our most downloaded huh. little posters on our on our website. But this is the idea. Can we bring the sense of love? It doesn't mean kids are off the hook. It doesn't mean they're unaccountable. But can we bring a sense of love, a sense of affection to our 
kids, even when they misbehave. Yeah, that's really powerful. We love this download, and we have it in lots of sizes and ways that people can download on our website, a screensaver on their phones, and just all the different things. I just feel like I want to read it again in fullness. It says, you are loved no matter what. For I'm convinced that neither arguing nor defiance, neither sibling conflict nor disrespect, neither bad grades or failure, neither whining nor lying, neither forgetfulness nor messes, nor any other misbehavior will be able to separate you from my love or from God's amazing love. That's so encouraging to me as a mom with a 16 and a 14 year old. I love it. I want everyone listening to just know they can go to our show notes and we're going to have a link to that download. It's free. While you're there, check out the Discipline That Connects with Your Child's Heart online course. All right, Jim and Lynn, so how can we express unconditional love in ways that won't feel corny or insincere, mm-hmm. you know, like, I love you, yeah. and then they're like, thanks, Mom. Like, yeah. how do you do that? Right, and when this is a new idea for parents, it's difficult for it to feel natural, but there are natural ways. So I had an opportunity to do this, interacting with a family that we're very close with just recently, and misbehaving child, really struggling, really discouraged. I've learned that this child despises, uh, you know, light touch, but really likes deep touch. So he's struggling, he's arguing, he's not happy with the situation, he's acting in ways that are not okay, and I just put my hand on his back and I rub a little bit deeply and I said, is this okay, bud? Are you okay? Are you going to be okay? You're going to get through this, right? Yeah. Do you want to start working on it now or do you just need a little more back rub first? (laughs) I'm getting my back rub, by the way, right now, and it's awesome. (laughs) Jim has his hand on Lynn's back and he's demonstrating. (laughs) So, and he didn't say anything, he just looked up at me and he just kind of started to relax. You could feel his muscles relax. You, you know, the principle is I sort of know how he feels connected to, and I brought a little bit of that. Now, he could have, you know, bristled and said, nope, to which I may have just responded, oh, not, you're not ready for that yet, are you? So there's this empathetic sort of thinking that drives it. What's it like to be that child? What might I do right now to connect with him that'll help him feel a little more relaxed? And it really is about the, the safety message that we talked about last time is a precursor to this because if Jim had come in, you know, and kind of had a death grip on this kiddo's shoulder, like, I want to control you right now, that would not have been safe touch. Mm-hmm. And it, he would have reacted entirely differently, which Daniel did whenever I did that and grabbed his shoulder like, okay, bud. Yeah. You know, Tell so everyone who Daniel is. Uh, Daniel, our oldest son. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> the one who started Connected Family. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's about our heart. And do we really sincerely want to connect? Or is this like this little trick that I'm going to try to do to get influence over my kids? Kids can read the difference. So coming in with a heart to express love and really thinking, what will probably land on my child? And a lot of times, it's the same ways we connect with our kids in normal everyday life Mm -hmm. so that they recognize it as, you know, a, a sincere expression. So if I have a huggy relationship with my child, very physically affectionate, that's probably going to land well. Or if that child and I just joke around a lot, they're probably going to get it and see the twinkle in my eye when I go, wow, we've got quite a situation here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's what's natural in the relationship. And then just do it again when the child is struggling. But we do have lots of examples and idea starters for parents in the course if that, you know, if that doesn't just Mm -hmm. jog your your thoughts right now. So what I'm hearing is that I need to pay attention to how I connect naturally with my child in everyday situations. We laugh or if we touch a lot. Young Jedi. (laughs) Okay. And then when all of a sudden we're in a discipline situation, 
situation and I might normally just react or whatever, I need to pull back yeah. and think about how I connect outside yeah. the situation and try to incorporate yeah. some of that into the midst of it. Because those ways are communicating, I love you right now, right mm-hmm. now in the moment also, not only then, but right now. Yeah. And that's the beginning of this process that parents learn. So even this experience I had just the other day, my heart was literally light. And I was able to say, instead of, hey, buddy, it was, hey, bud, you're struggling, aren't you? And it was out of a heart of true compassion for this child's struggle. Mm -hmm. It's not natural and normal at first, but little by little you get there. And you communicate love in the middle of holding the child responsible to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of. Right. You said it's not natural. What I've learned, having been around connected families for a while, is it does not feel natural in the beginning because our natural bent as parents kind of is to correct. Isn't that what we're a parent for? Mm -hmm. We have to fix and shave off the edges. Correct them when they're not. Right. Like I'm working to raise you to be the, you know, the adult that you need to be. But as I've been here longer, I've learned that it actually does become natural because Mm -hmm. I've got more of a long range Mm -hmm. view Mm -hmm. and I want to connect with my child. But just really quick, because I know we're running out of time. Does this mean I'm letting him off the hook in the middle of the discipline situation then? (laughs) Might seem like it, but not at all. For one thing, Romans 2 says, do you think lightly of the kindness of God, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. And so Mm. oftentimes when we express love and affection for our struggling child, it's like we just watch their heart melt and they repent and maybe even spontaneously want to make it right. But if they don't, we've still paved the way for us then to move on to those messages that says you're capable of a wiser response and you're responsible for your action. We're getting our big controlling angry reaction out of the way so that we can effectively finish the discipline process. What we found is that connected approaches to discipline really win parents the authority for the the kind of influence that they want. It wins them the respect Mm -hmm. for the kind of decision-making guidance that is needed. Yeah. Um, when the kids feel cared about, honored, respected, loved in the middle of their misbehavior, then that gains parents a sense of authority to then guide kids to make things right, to take right. responsibility. Yeah. I hope that parents listening are starting to understand why we call it a framework. You know, it's a triangle with a smashed top. When you see it and you go online and you take the online course, that's what it looks like. It has the different levels and it's because they build on each other. So you guys have shown really well in these last minutes, right, how these messages build. But we're going to get to then you are called and capable and you're responsible. We're going to cover those messages actually in the next couple of episodes. So if we're piquing your curiosity, you want to find out more about the framework and about these messages go to our show notes because we have a link there that's going to take you to the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course. In the online course, we have lots of videos of testimonies of parents and how these messages have worked out in their lives. And so today we also have a testimony of someone who just took the course just a couple of months ago. Her name is Nicole and she's an adoptive mom of six kids. And I was able to talk to her over the phone and record it. And I want to share some of it with you. But first I want to tell you, you know, what's so funny. You're, you're all going to relate to this. She has 
had to go out in her driveway and sit in her camper, Jim and Lynn, to have <laughs> peace and quiet to be able to do an interview with me. And as I recall, listening to that video, there was still a little bit of background noise. <laughs> <laughs> I just think we all can yeah, relate, that's, huh? That's, all that's, the parents that's the way it is. Yeah, and I've heard this, and so to hear her heart is really something. Her heart's powerful. She really took home this message, you are loved with me, and it changed how she interacted with one of her children and the outcome of that. So I just want you to hear the story. Have a listen, everybody. So, hey, Nicole, welcome to the show. Hi, Stacy. Thank you. We're so happy to have you here. Nicole was invited onto the show because she took part in our last session of Discipline That Connects, the online course. And she has lots of stories to tell and ways that her learning has been impactful for her parenting. And so, Nicole, we're so happy to have you here. Our topic for today is how to connect even when it's hard. And we all, as parents, have times when it's hard to connect with our kids. And sometimes we have some kids who are harder than the others. Isn't that true? Absolutely. So tell me about you and your family. Are a family of eight. There's, of course, my husband, myself, and we have six children. They are ages, the youngest is six, and my eldest is 12 and a half. And one, my boy, my eldest, is my only biological child. We have five that we adopted. And that's basically us in a nutshell. That's it. And you told me that you homeschool your kids. We do homeschool. That's awesome. I was a homeschooled kid as a kid too. And we had lots of homeschool families that took the online course and are a part of our Connected Families community. So it's fun. So I wonder if you have any stories of how you've been able to apply this you are loved no matter what, maybe particularly for, for some of the kids that you have a hard time with. Yes, I do. I do have one in particular that happened fairly recently. We are a homeschool family, so we had a class lined up to take experience with an online class. So I had to get my 10 and a half year old, this is my daughter, get her up and going. And initially when I came into her room, it was a, this is what we have to do. Okay, let's get up and get going. And I laid out the order and I turned around and walked out. I realized in that moment, I skipped the most important step. I know that I have to check my own heart. Where am I this morning? I don't need to be focused on my to-do list and all of the other things that I have going on. But when I go in there, when I go into my children to really have any conversation about getting anything done, it really is a, hi, how are you doing? We have this class, so we need to kind of get up and get moving. Is there anything that I can help you with? I need to go and take care of a few things. But before I do that, you know, we've built in this time, which I've commonly referred to over the years as building in blessings. And it's just making sure that I have enough time and I'm not rushed, rushed, rushed. It was just good. Going back in there and having that moment of, you know what, I'm sorry, kind of barked at you a little bit. So I want to take ownership of my part in that. And we do have this class to get ready for. It was just me kind of taking a step back. I just literally kind of went up to her, kind of got in her face. And I said, you know what, sweetie, if mom can kind of get a do-over here. You did a do-over. I need as many do-overs as my kids need, no doubt about it. And they learn that as well, that compassion, and that empathy as well, right? Mm -hmm. In other relationships. So in that particular situation, I immediately connected to her heart. Kids are smart. She immediately got that, okay, 
all right, you're back in here to help me with whatever I need. You're coming at me with a different attitude. Okay, I'll get up and I'll get my teeth brushed. And it just set the stage for a different morning, for a totally different morning. And it was just me. In the past, I would have taken a different, like, you know what? I don't have time to go back in there and hold her hand. I have 10 other things that I can be working on. But it was just that no matter what, I've taken care of my heart. I've checked myself so that now I'm able to go in and kind of just let you know that I'm here. We need to get this done. She's 11. She doesn't need my help with anything, but it was just conveying that message of, are we good? It just totally changes the trajectory of the whole day, really. You connected with her. So I have a quote for you. It was a sentence that you wrote, and it was kind of related to the story of going in and doing a do-over with your daughter, kind of stepping back and figuring out where you were at, and then coming in and connecting with her before you asked her to do things. And here was your sentence. At the end of the day, I wasn't an emotional, guilt-ridden mama left with the debris of another dreadful day. Oh man, I think so many of us related to that of, you know, just the guilt of our mommy, <laughs> of how we had showed up in the day. And so, I don't know, say more about that sentence. I guess it kind of ties back to what I mentioned a few minutes ago, and it's just really wanting to focus on how this whole thing is going to end, as opposed to getting all wrapped up in that moment, but looking at how I want my child's heart to be intact, you know, whether it's just a conversation or the end of the day, so many times in my parenting, I end up on my bed at night and I'm left with the thoughts of things that I said and reactions, you know, instead of those gentle responses, I'm reacting and I'm getting caught up. I'm getting all entangled in their emotional stuff instead of being the parent going, look, Nicole, there's a better way to handle this so that at the end I'm not a disaster I can stay calm and I can take that deep breath and I can take a framework like what I've learned through you know connected families and really just say okay this is a fresh approach to better understanding the heart of my children it's such a blessing to say I'm not having nearly as many days where I'm on my bed crying at night. And don't get me wrong, I still have those days, but not nearly as many because again, I'm trying to put more focus on focus on the framework so that at the end of the day on my bed, I can say it was different. It's that hope that makes all the difference in the world. For so many years, I was just focused on, I have to control you and I have to change you and this is the way we do it. And it just doesn't work. This framework enables me to kind of just relax, take hold of God's word and all of his promises and take a fresh look at this framework that really is simple, isn't easy, but the steps are simple. It's been very encouraging for me. Thank you for being with us today. God bless you and your family. I love listening to Nicole. I listened to that interview a number of times to sort of piece together some of the powerful things that she said. I want like, I want to meet her. I want to be her friend, right? Just an energized, perspective-filled, I've got to look at my heart and lead with love as I deal with all of these complicating things that I'm facing every day. Mm-hmm. And it was such a breath of fresh air for me to hear her story. Yeah, that message, you are loved no matter what, was really powerful in the relationship between her and her kids. Well, everybody, we're so grateful that you joined us today. 
we know, or at least we're really hoping that you got some good tips. You got things that you can use today and you're thinking about. But please, if you want more, go to our show notes and find more information about the Discipline That Connects With Your Child's Heart online course. I'm the online course moderator. I don't know if I said that this time, but I really want to see you there. It'll be really fun. We have a great community going on there. So Jim and Lynn, thanks so much for being here and sharing all of this information we appreciate it. Great Thanks. to be here, Stacy, and we hope to see as many listeners on the course as we can. So next week, we are going to cover the next message of the framework, You Are Called Incapable. I hope you all tune in. Mm-hmm.